Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. The beginning of the book of Joshua challenges us to be strong and courageous. Verse 9 was chosen by the youth and said together each week throughout the year as a closing prayer and benediction. It reminds us that no matter what may come, we are all called to be strong and courageous and to always remember that we can do this because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go with no exceptions. In our message of the week, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from Joshua 1, the verse that has become the theme verse for the confirmation students at First Church, and we celebrate the affirmations of faith shared by those students. Here is the First Church message of the week. you pray with me. Faithful and loving God, in this time as we listen for your word, might you open our ears that we might hear you more clearly. Open our eyes that we might see you more clearly and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So here at First Church, uh, we've been talking a lot lately, especially in places like our leadership team or some of the congregational meetings we've been holding, about what it looks like for us to be a church who lives into our mission, which is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. We've also been talking about what it means now that we've developed some new value statements for our church. We've been trying to figure out what those mean for us and how we can live into those. Those being worship and music and fellowship, children and youth, and community service. Now, I was thinking about these values this week because we're thinking about membership and confirmation and what these poor confirmation students are really buying into as they say yes today to following Jesus. And so as I was preparing for this and thinking about this, I was reminded of a story or an example that our now retired bishop, Bishop Bruce O, once gave You see, he, if you don't know, he really, really liked to talk about the importance of living into our vision and our mission and our purpose. And he talked about how that's not always done through those big, crazy ideas, although he liked those too, but how sometimes the reinvention of old ones is the best way to value not only who we are today, but who we've been as we discern who we will be in the future. And so there's a giftedness into the old that we reinvent. But sometimes I think as hard as he tried and as much as I appreciate him that he missed the mark a little, uh, on this particular day, the example he gave was on how he talked about Raisin Bran and the way it's tried to reinvent itself and how sometimes it's good to use that same old formula like when they tried to reinvent it by putting cranberries in it. And I don't know about you, but I thought that was a pretty terrible idea. Uh, I wasn't the only one. His wife, Shar, if you met, ever met her, she's not a shy woman. Uh, and so she was really quick to shout out and make sure that uh, he quickly knew that that was a terrible idea. Uh, and so she took a poll of those of us in the room that day. There were about 30 of us. And she asked if anyone in the room thought that Raisin Bran with cranberries in it seemed like a good idea. And not one person thought, oh gosh, I'd buy that. 
Sometimes reinventing the old for the sake of it is a pretty terrible idea, isn't it? And then there are those old times when, or those other times when we try to do something old made new, like today our students are going to make some promises in a little bit. Most of the language that we use for those promises is the exact same as was used over many of them as they were baptized, but some of that language we've updated a bit so that it makes a bit more sense to us. Sometimes the old made new can be a gift. Other times it's kind of a hot mess, like trying to add cranberries into raisin bran. And I know that seems like a silly idea that's not a big deal, but it kind of brings us back to that old question maybe we've all asked, like, if it's not broken, why fix it, right? I mean, the assumption being that if the wheels keep turning and everything seems okay, then we should just let things be. Because I don't know about you, but when I've tried to make things better more than once, I've made it worse, right? But we know that that's not always the case either. We've already talked a little tonight about some of the changes happening here, whether we are ready for them and excited or whether we're feeling a bit hesitant and unsure. The truth is sometimes change is good for us. And not to overdo the cereal example, but one of my favorites is Raisin Bran Crunch, so I'm sure glad that they kept messing with that formula. Sometimes we don't know what we're missing, right? Until it shows up right in front of us. And while our cereal choices are not going to be life or earth shattering by any stretch, I do hope that we can see how this applies to other parts of our lives as well. Whether it's in our work or our relationships or any other parts of our life, like faith or here in our own church community, I wonder if sometimes we don't get so comfortable that we stop seeking change, that we no longer go out of our way to try to grow in new or life-giving ways because, well, sometimes to think along those lines feels a little exhausting. And if life isn't broken, then why try to make changes, even if it could make things better? We'd rather be comfortable in the things that we already know. And the truth be told, as I've thought about that in preparing for today and getting ready to celebrate with our confirmation students, that breaks my heart a little to think about how many of us, myself included sometimes, we tend to be comfortable with the same old things we know, don't we? But it makes me sad because the truth is, well, there are many in this room for whom there is nothing inherently wrong with the ways we practice faith. We are faithful and we are genuine. And I mean, we're here, right? So it's a little like preaching to the choir. But sometimes it's okay to want more, even if things are good. To want more because even on the best of days, we're called to more than just being comfortable and carrying on because things are okay. John Wesley, who was the founder of the Methodist movement, he talked a lot about how all of us are on a journey to perfection. That doesn't mean any of us are really, truly ever perfect outside of Jesus himself, but that at our very best, 
as disciples and followers of Jesus, we should all be continually learning and growing and falling deeper in love with God. And to do that, we must remain open to the Spirit of God, to encountering God in new ways with the world around us that sometimes catches us off guard in good and surprising ways. And we know that in the Old Testament and then later repeated through Jesus' words in the New Testament, we're taught those tried and true formulas of how to do that well, right? To do things like love the Lord our God, to love our neighbors as ourselves, the greatest commandments as Jesus taught them. And as formulas go, this is a pretty good one that sets before us the basics of what it means to live a Christian life. But I think sometimes we get so caught up in the ways that we are comfortable doing these things that we assume we're getting things right without second-guessing it. And that doesn't mean that you're not. But that doesn't mean that there's not a better way either. These words were spoken to us and written in Scripture as an invitation to not be comfortable with the things we're doing okay, but to invite us to always be seeking to push ourselves to do better, to dive deeper. And our youth, especially those who are here with us, going to be confirmed tonight. They get this. If there is one thing I learned from sitting in, I didn't have the privilege of being in confirmation every week this year, but boy, do these kids get it. Sorry to call you kids. Uh, They have spent the last year learning and praying about faith, making their faith their own. That's what confirmation's about. They are confirming the faith of those who have gone before them. They've been trying to figure out exactly what they believe. And well, for most of us, I imagine all of us, it hasn't turned out exactly as we expected it would. And so through this process, we've taken time to do things like they all had to write their own affirmations of faith that we call creeds. And we're going to see part of those on video in a little while. And it is a wonderful gift. I hope you listen carefully to the words that they share with us. Because as we see glimpses of the growth and their faith in the words that they share, you can see how hard they have worked. You can see how they have wrestled with deep questions. And maybe you can even see how much they've bugged Pastor Abigail this year, week after week. She and the other leaders, I mean, I cannot imagine. If anyone has ever worked with teenagers, you know there were moments when they thought, what are we doing? Have they even soaked a single word in that we have bothered to say? And then you're going to see this video and think, oh, maybe they get it more than I do. Here we are today, gathered as family and friends in a faith community, ready to welcome them as they are ready to publicly profess their faith for the first time in front of all of you through this holy act we call confirmation and in preparing for today. Not only have they worked hard and hopefully had at least a little fun along the way, but they've also framed their work together with scripture. It's important to know that not just in each of the weekly lessons that had a scripture or a Bible or a church history theological lesson tied to it, but also back in September, our youth chose a scripture verse that would frame the whole year for them. And each and every week that they gathered, they closed with these words. 
They close with the verse from Joshua, chapter one, verse nine. This is a picture of the sign in Cook Hall in one of our youth rooms downstairs. And every week as our confirmation class closed, they spoke these words to one another. And to give this verse that's on the screen a little context, I'm gonna back up and read the whole of this passage, verses one through nine. This is the story of Joshua. Some of us know Joshua. He's the one who did things like, we love to sing that song about how he led the battle to Jericho, right? And the walls came tumbling down as they circled the city. But long before that happens, Joshua becomes a successor to Moses as he brought the people of Israel into their promised land. So this is the story of Joshua being gifted that role in leadership. This passage says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, and the, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. So be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Here ends our reading. You see those bolded words at the end? Those are the same words that you see here on this sign. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Aren't those lovely words that are really difficult to actually live into? I can think of no better example of being bold and courageous, though, than what we're about to give witness to in a little while. Um, after all, I wonder how many of our adults in the room love to stand in front of the whole congregation and have to say things or do things, right? I wonder if I asked if there is anyone here who might be willing to give 90 minutes of your time over the next year to come and hang out with a bunch of people who aren't really sure what they believe either. And maybe even will ask you to give up a whole weekend of your time at some point so that you can come and grow closer to God. Does that sound like a really fun commitment to anyone? Because that's what these youths have done. They have shown us that this is important to them by valuing it with their time and their energy and their prayers and their presence. And then they've done all those things 
And now we're going to make them stand in front of you all. And they have these statements of faith that we've even asked them to record for us so they can live on an eternity. But you didn't think about it that way before, did you? Friends, their commitment that we celebrate today is not small. And so as we prepare to welcome them as full members of the church, I want us to remember that these are strong and courageous and faithful acts that they are stepping into. These are strong and courageous and faithful acts as they have poured the work into writing their own personal creeds. And for the family here, if you don't know they wrote them, ask them about it. Ask them what they believe. They all wrote five faith statements about what they believe. Who is God and what do you believe? Ask them. And maybe if they won't read it to you, ask mom and dad where that video is because there's a video of each and every one of them reading it. It is bold and courageous to publicly say in 2022 to anyone who will hear that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and promise to love him our whole life long. And they are doing bold and courageous things in part because of the faith community that has supported them. Because of parents and pastors and mentors and volunteers and because of the students who have encouraged one another along the way. They've been encouraged with these words as they assure one another each and every week that it is not just okay, but it is good to be strong and courageous and leave our fear behind. To not be discouraged, but to know always that the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. That's pretty good news, isn't it? And I wonder, not just for our students who are telling us what they believe and how they're going to live into it, but how are the rest of us following that example? How are the rest of us embracing this good news that God is with us everywhere we go? How are we living into our own faith, not just with our words, because you're going to be asked to affirm your faith in a few moments too, but how are we doing that also with our actions? Because this weekend, as we prepare to welcome these new members of First Church, this is a day of celebration. And like any good celebration, there is joy that does not just mark the end of the year or the completion of good and faithful work, but it also marks a new beginning. It is the first day that they are full adult members of the United Methodist Church. And it is the first day of living into this community that is ever-changing and now better because they are committing to be a part of it. Because while we were an amazing community I was proud to be a part of last week and last year, I'm telling you today is a good day and I'm even more proud today. And it makes me wonder who or what else we might be missing. Who have we failed to invite to come join alongside to take these promises next? How might we be called, even those of us here today, to reshape or rethink our own faith and devotional lives? What might your personal creed look like if we were all asked to write one today? How can we follow these faithful steps of these leaders we celebrate today? How are we called to live with bold and strong and courageous ways with our lives that are shaping our present and will continue to shape our future?
Friends, as we celebrate today, this faithfulness that has brought us together here today, I look forward to seeing what's going to happen next. Not because these are just the future leaders of the church. I would argue they've been leading us this whole year long. I got to tell you, the stuff I've learned this year from some of these kids is probably way more than I could teach them. But I do look forward to seeing what those proverbial like cranberries or crunch might be that we're going to add to the boring church of Raisin Bran, right? Whatever the future may hold, I really truly look forward to it with hope. And I'm joyful today, not just because there's cookies in the back to celebrate, though I hope you know that and get one too, but because we know that these promises that our youth are inviting us to live into and embrace today are true and good and full of hope. And that whatever may come, we know that we are invited to be strong, to be courageous, and to not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord, your God, our God, will be with us wherever we may go. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for your abundance, for your grace, for your tender love and mercies that have brought us together here this day. We ask, oh God, that as we share in these gifts this day, you will help us to live into the fullness of your joy that is present here in this place as we welcome one another in Christian love and Christian community. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, my name's Aiden. Caden Rammel. Ava Rycraft. Jason Kasperic. I'm Nora Solberg. My name's Jackson Solberg. I'm Denver. I'm Olivia Palm. My name's Shai Swingman. I am Wyatt Smunk. My name is Ellie. My name is Katie Widener. These are my statements of the Faith Temple. I believe that God is the one who created us and earth and animals. God made the earth a good place for people to be. I believe that God is the creator of everything. He is our Father and our mentor. And I believe in God who is all holy and all forgiving and created all life. I believe in God who is almighty. And I believe that humans are created in the image of God. I believe that as God's children, we should admire His work by taking care of His creation on earth. I believe this because I think that God thought His creation was perfect and good enough. I believe that God created life. Creation was when God created everything, including us humans. Humans should take care of God's creations. God made the earth and makes new things. He will always look over me. I believe in the Trinity, which is God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe in Jesus, our Savior, Son of God, Teacher of many, and who died for our sins. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Lord, who died on the cross so we could live without pain and in peace. Jesus is a server. He is our teacher and taught us how to worship. Jesus' main teachings are to treat other people how you want to be treated and forgive people. Jesus did so much during his life on earth. An example is when he washed his disciples' feet even though he was a man of great power. He died on the cross for our sins. Days later, he rose from the dead and sends peace to everyone. I believe in Jesus Christ the Lord who died for us so that our sins could be forgiven. I believe in one holy and universal church. It is a place to learn about God and worship God. I believe that the mission of the church is to make people hear God's word and help them understand the Bible. To help people in the community by giving gifts and helping others. I believe that being a follower of Jesus means to trust in Jesus, worship, and go to church. A follower of Jesus accepts his teachings and assists in spreading their faith to others. 
A follower of Jesus trusts and follows God's word and lives through God. I believe that God calls on us to follow him and to do good in his name. I believe that all people sin because we are not perfect. I believe that salvation is being saved from all your sins. Salvation means being saved from eternal damnation. We can receive salvation by simply believing in God. Because he is all forgiving. I believe that the kingdom of God is a safe and beautiful place. I believe that the kingdom of God is universal and intended for everyone. The kingdom of God is both on earth and in heaven. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.